Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym. Here at the Bedpost Podcast, what I like to do is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have an in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me. Though this week, I don't have someone uh, in my studio. I have someone Skyping all the way from New York. Um, Very excited about this guest. This is somebody that I've been honestly meaning to uh, get on the Skyper phone (laughs) for for a super long time. Uh, So I'm very happy that we're finally making it happen. Uh, Everybody, please welcome to the mic, Minimus Maximus from the podcast Off the Cuffs. Hi, Erin. Hello, Max. How are you? I'm well. I'm just. I'm. I just have to warn you that something's going to happen, and this is not going to get released to the public because the last two times I was interviewed, yeah, um, that happened. Uh, <laughs> I did um, uh, Naughty of Black's podcast. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, Deviants. Deviants. Thank you. Um, Dick is, is in the studio, sound, sound engineering our interview. And, hey, Dick. Um, I did Deviance, and apparently the audio file for that one got corrupted. Oh, fuck. And then I was scheduled to do uh, Disability After Dark. Yay! And um, we kept having to reschedule, and so um, eventually I'll do it. Yeah, so you're just yeah. bad fucking luck. Right, exactly. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm very happy to... Um, actually speak to you uh usually dick gets in the way as dicks do (laughs) (laughs) this is the other thread of every interview i do is a lot of dick puns (laughs) because i have to refer well dick and i you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so oh yeah and, and i mean like why i'm so excited as well is that we you know usually have a lot of specifically femdoms on the podcast, but like a lot of people that kind of identify on the dominant side and especially, uh, you know, folks who are guys, I really don't think I've had a genuine submissive male on the podcast. So here we go. Wow. All right. (laughs) I know. And, and I'd love to pick your brain about this, um, on whether, you feel like they are kind of rare, you are kind of rarities, or not? Do you think they're super common? What's, just in your experience, your opinion on that? I don't think it's rare. I don't, I, I think you don't see it as much as you used to, but I think that has more to do with the way that BDSM community has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, because you talked about pro-femdoms before. Mm-hmm. You know, there aren't a lot of pro-fem subs. I know there are, but, you know, the, the first thing you think of when you think of BDSM is the image of the, the whip-wielding, leather-clad dominatrix. Definitely. You know, uh, and I'm speaking of, if, of a vanilla person. You know, that was that's the... F- so I don't think male submission is rare, but I think in recent years, especially with things like uh, Fifty Shades being people's... Uh, gateway entry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of men come into the lifestyle thinking they're one thing, and then realizing, oh wait, I like to bottom as well. Yeah. Um, so so switches. I think switches yeah. are more common than than we realize as well. I, I think, think so too. Everybody's. That's one. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone's a little versatile, a little more versatile oh, yeah. than they they think they are. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I I do I do identify as a submissive, but I have topped. You know, I, I service top and things like that. So I, it's not, I'm not opposed to it. It's just not, you know, my sexual identity. Yeah. Um, so what is your, what is your whole take on submission? I want to know how you view submission and perhaps okay. the way that you choose to explore that. Um, 
I have a high-functioning form of autism known as Asperger syndrome, mm-hmm. or ASD in more current language. Um, so what BDSM does for me is it takes abstract concepts like dating and sexuality and gives it rules and structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really good at following orders and, um, (laughs) having, uh, you know, rules and structure in my life and, you know, making the app, well, if you can make the abstract more real, um, that's where it comes from for me. And that's why I think I identify as submissive and why I, you know, I try to take to it, you know, so naturally. Yeah. Is that kind of how you originally got into this sort of a lifestyle? Was it connected to your Asperger's? No, because I wasn't diagnosed until I was in my 30s. Okay. Um, Yeah, no, when I I was growing up, um, I'm I'm 42 now, and Asperger's wasn't even uh, an official diagnosis until I was about 16. Okay. Um, and I wasn't diagnosed, like I said, until I was, I think, 34, 35, something like that. Um, because, you know, so when I was growing up, you were just a weird kid. <laughs> um, to answer your question, I probably, you know, I think that I understood, hey, wait, this is making a thing real. Um, yeah. <laughs> a thing that I have a lot of difficulty understanding, um, much more relatable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even think I consciously realized that. I just thought, oh, wow, woman taking control. That's hot to me. Yeah. You know? This feels good to me. Mm-hmm. It feels right for feels some right. reason. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And um, why don't we go way back? Um, okay. Can you tell me kind of if it wasn't through your Asperger's diagnosis, mm-hmm. then what exactly did get you interested in uh, being a submissive and getting involved in the kink scene? Sure. Okay. Well, when I was a teenager, uh, this was before the internet, or at least before there was a computer in my house. Mm-hmm. So porn was videos my dad had. <laughs> and <laughs> my dad had BDSM porn. Um, wow. Awesome. Um, and looking back on it, um, there was uh, a moment of realizing, and I, like I didn't have the words, the, the way to say this at the time, um, but it wasn't the, the spankings or the tyings that I was relating to. It was the power dynamics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time I saw a scene where a woman was in control, that's uh, what I found arousing. Mm-hmm. Um so that's how I got, that's how I knew I had this interest. And then getting into uh, the, the actual larger community was just being fortunate enough to be going to college in New York about the time that the internet had started up so that I could get into chat rooms and find, you know, places like Munches mm-hmm. and um, uh I, whatever, the, the Jugendspiegel Society, which is um, still the longest-running uh, BDSM educational society in America, probably in the world, I think. Um, and that's how I actually got into the larger community. Um, I have a question. Did you sure. did you start submitting right away, or did you enter more as a switch or as a dominant? No, I, I started as a submissive. Yeah? I, I remember uh, one of the first conversations... I ever had with um, the person who eventually became my mentor, who was a dominant male, um, we were just, uh, he just had me over his apartment, we had coffee, and we were just talking about, he was telling me, like, you know, I can take you to munches and and play parties and stuff, and um, what I told him was, I don't think I want to get hit, but (laughs) um, I like taking orders, Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Yes, you can do that. Um. I mean, that's the stereotype. It's like, am right. I, do I have to uh, have pain? <laughs> do, right. You know, for a lot of kinksters, um, or yeah. I mean, a lot of people's perspective of kink is that you have to enjoy pain, right? Right. But exactly. I feel like it's, it's you know, it's, well, it's definitely not necessarily to, no, it's, it's, to enjoy it's, kink. 
Right, it's not my go-to kink either. I'm no. Well, Physical pain is not my go-to kink. <laughs> emotional pain, however. Uh, yes, I am an emotional masochist. Yes. Um, <laughs> and how did, um, what were maybe the first types of scenes or, you know, the first ways that you were mm-hmm. exploring this with yourself? One of, with myself was mostly through, through fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did have, I've told this story on other podcasts, but I did have a, a girlfriend in college who I used to ask all the time, you know, when, when we fuck, can you yell at me? Um, <laughs> can you like insult me while we fuck? And like, she didn't really get it, you know, um, she tried. Um, so a lot of it was, was through just fantasy and porn and things like that. Um, but when I actually started going, getting involved in the community, one of the first things I was doing was I was actually um, a fireplay bottom. Oh, wow. Um, well, Just jump I, right in there, right? Well, the thing is, my first um, dominant play partner was, um, you know, we, we'd meet weekly, um, you know, at her place. And at the time, this is close to 20 years ago, so fireplay was not as common it is, as it is now, like she literally would use Q-tips oh, wow. because you couldn't buy fire wands on Amazon, you know, at the time. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, um, fire play. Eh? Wow. Were you one of the few fire tops in the community? Wow. And since I was playing with her regularly, I wound up a fire play bottom. Wow. <laughs> How did you feel about that? What was that like for that to be like one of your first kinks you were starting to explore? It's pretty edgy. I actually, yeah, it is edgy, but I loved it. Um, I think part of what I loved about it was um, how it, it is edgy and it's scary, but I loved how much, you know, control there is, you know, with the safe, with having a safe word and, and negotiating your limits and, you know, that it's, it's not going to, you know, and, 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 you know, well, pre-scene negotiation, obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not that I, you know, knocked on her door, she dragged me in and immediately chained Mm -hmm. me up and started setting me on fire. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. (laughs) No, that would Um, not be great. No. (laughs) Yeah. I, I spoke to a, uh, I've spoke to a fireplay top once before on the podcast and, Mm -hmm. you know, where he was talking about kind of the misconception about how fire play really isn't that dangerous. He's like, he's like, right. skin isn't flammable. <laughs> That's what she told me. Yeah. It's like not skin. It's the oxygen around the skin. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, I guess, well, even for people who aren't really aware what scenes uh, with fire play might entail, can you just describe briefly like what, what the top is doing with the fire to the bottom? essentially it's it's lighting a, a fire wand like you'll see fire jugglers yeah yeah that that kind of wand setting it on fire and um, applying it directly to the bottom skin mm-hmm. and kind of waving it across to put it out mm-hmm. it's it's very warm it's a little scary and dangerous it feels great though mm-hmm. does it feel like really crazy too hot like that you're gonna die no no at least, no, at least when I've done it, it hasn't. Um, one of the side effects is that I am a little hairy, so <laughs> you, know, you get the smell of burnt hair. Uh, although we did have a fire top on our show recently who said that if you uh, rub your, the bottom down, if you are playing with somebody who's hairy, rub them down with coconut oil first, and that'll actually make the hair smell kind of nice when it burns. <laughs> and that won't have any sort of adverse reaction to the fire. <laughs> the <Right>. oil, the <laughs> coconut oil. No, apparently it won't. <laughs> I don't want to kill people. <laughs> right. right. We, we put it out on our show first, so we're liable. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's all I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, wow. So fire was one of the first things. What... One of the first things I got into. That is, fire. that's absolutely insane. That's so funny. And it, and what's funny is I haven't done it in probably 15 years at this point. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I was supposed to do it at a con a couple years ago, but uh, they did it outside in the rain. So. Oh, no. No, thank you. 
Yeah. I've heard it's like, like, say you're in, like, a hot tub in the winter. I've heard yeah. it's like going from, you know, uh, like, lying in a snowbank and then running back to the hot tub. Like, it's reminiscent of that, like, really sharp temperature change. Yeah, that's that's what it's, that's pretty much what it's like. Kind of, um, yeah. Yeah. And then the reverse is, of course, and, like, I don't know why we don't talk about this enough as a kink thing. I mean, it's a, I, you know, this is always considered, like, a vanilla thing, but, you know, I think you could have a lot of fun with um, the other direction, ice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, my co-host on my podcast is a um, place with a lot of knives. Yes. And he says he likes to keep them in the fridge sometimes. No, um, I keep them in front of the air conditioner. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're going to speak for me while I'm sitting right next to you. I'm going to jump in. No, Sorry. I understand. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> Dick. <laughs> is that thanks, Dick, or thanks, thanks Tom, Dick? Or Dick? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the other direction you can take temperature play. So mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I feel like in vanilla play, it's common to like, Oh, have grab an ice cube and have it in your mouth. Sure. But like, that's, yeah. that's kinky shit. That's temperature yeah. play right there. Exactly. Like, yeah. And, uh, like to have, uh, like specifically for me in the summer, I was at like a play party. Um, well, it was really fucking hot. It was like a heat wave, like crazy. And I also was actually having a bit of a fever because I was like sick. (laughs) So all night I had people drawing ice cubes all over me. I think that's like pretty much the only play that I did that night. I was like, just, just more ice, just more ice. Like it was, yeah, yeah. But it was, that's very femdom, you know, that's like a lot of service. Yep. You know, yeah. Totally. Just keep me cold. Get me more fucking ice, everybody. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I had a lot of people, you know, running back and forth to the... Because we had a couple, like, cold packs going, too, where it's like, okay, I'm done with this one. Get me a new one. Like, <laughs> and they're, like, four on rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Even though I was a little delirious, that was a uh, pretty fun party. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, take me from your first kind of dominant doing all the fireplace mm-hmm. stuff. And then what was happening in your life? How do you continue uh, this whole well, kink journey thing? I married a vanilla person eventually, a vanilla monogamous person, which, um, so I was out of the scene for eight years that I was married. Um, and once, once I got divorced and, um, I started dating again. Um, I had met a woman who, I don't know, we've been seeing each other maybe a month, uh, you know, seven dates, and I really liked her. And there was just a point at which I went, I'm going to have to help myself mm-hmm. because I like her and I want to keep seeing her, but if this is going to go anywhere, I have to be honest about my sexuality. Um, yeah. So um, that was a little over 10, no, it was about 10 years ago. Um, How did you come out with it? Like, I know some people um, just through the podcast and whatnot, mm-hmm. ask, like, I, that's a common question I get asked. How sure. do I, how do I come out with my kink? When, where, you know, what's, what's the best way to do it? I called her and told her, you Yeah, know, there was, I, you know, I stressed over it for a while, but there's really no other way, you know? Yeah. You got to tell them, right? You, you've got to, you know, if, if this is your sexuality, you know, that's really how I feel that if, if this is your sexuality, you need to tell your partner, this yeah. is your sexuality. So you did. How did it go? <laughs> it actually, uh, the next day I got a call where she said, uh, I bought some books. Um, oh, amazing. Which was, yeah, that was awesome. Um, not, uh, not all the books are great. Well, <laughs> okay. I shouldn't say that. Uh, she bought a couple of great books for the situation we were in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Screw the Roses, Give Me the Thorns, Sex mm-hmm. from a Dominatrix, both mm-hmm. highly recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, she also bought, bought some really good books on stuff we didn't do. Like, she bought one of the Naughty Boys' books on Shibari. Okay. Those are great Those are great books. Neither of us were really too into rope, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, although she did make a really cool flogger. There you so, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I, I shouldn't say they were all great. Um, they weren't all appropriate for the situation we were in. Right. You know. That, but I feel like I feel like that's a great reaction, though. Like to call yeah. you the next oh, day and absolutely. be like, "I got a bunch of books to read up yeah, on this." Exactly. That's like the best reaction you could get. I feel that, like that is the best possible reaction you could get. Uh, it's you know saying, "I don't understand this necessarily, but I'm willing to explore it with you." Because I like you. Um, or I. Yes, because I like you, and I, you know she got into stuff, so yay! Um, awesome. We are no longer we are no longer together, um, but uh, you know she got into you know and and what was fun about that was just a lot of that was me rediscovering yes um, kink and then and her discovering things for the first time. So going to like the toy store was great because it was just like oh we could try that thought of that you know yeah you don't like everything but you know you're willing to to try it yeah Um, yeah. that's that's also a great reaction like not my thing but i'm willing to kind of do it for you or do it with you or do it in this kind of limited way or whatever like you know i'm here to help i'm here to facilitate what you need you know did that um then inspired you to kind of get back into the, a community, the kink community, kink. or yes, yeah, yes, it did. Um, because uh, um, she and I were, were monogamous, mm-hmm. so like neither of us were on FetLife. Um, because I think we thought it was just a, w- a dating site. Plus, here this is going to only make sense to uh, your listeners that are familiar with the geography of uh, the New York City area. But I lived in Eastern Long Island, mm-hmm. and she lived in the Northern Bronx. Okay. So that's about a two hour drive. Okay. So munches are kind of out for weeknights. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's really no good meat in the middle. Um, you know, if you're driving to see your partner for two hours, you really have to just carve out weekends to see your partner. Yeah. Um, but we did go to, um, we did go to parties a lot. Um, do you recommend people going to munches? Is that a thing you're absolutely. an advocate for? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's, um, we talk a lot, uh, on our show about different niche fetishes, but we also, we also talk to, you know, just more, and I hate to use the term because everything is valid, more traditional kinksters too. Yeah. Um, you know, but what we, we always say when we talk to people with niche fetishes is if you go to a munch you might not necessarily meet somebody who has your exact kink, mm-hmm. but at the very least, you'll feel less alone. Yeah. You know, and if you do meet somebody in a romantic or play or, you know, a sexual way, you might be able to work out, well, that's not my kink, but here's how I can apply my kink to yours and we can have some fun together. Yeah. 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 So yes, I, I definitely recommend. We always recommend going to munches. That is the best fan mail that we possibly get on Off the Cuffs is just when people uh, send us back a message just saying I went to a munch because of you guys. Awesome. That's always yeah. Do you think that's a good like first step for people absolutely. kind of trying to dive into the into kink and yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah because it's very low pressure right it's like literally just a social setting it's not a play party where you're seeing people flogging other people it's literally like a bunch of people just showing up and just chilling and having drinks or food or whatever and just talking about kink yeah i've met so many like vanilla people at lunches where they'll say this is my first thing ever and i'm coming back or you know like people bringing their vanilla partners you know, and it, it, there is a lot of, right, like you said, it's, there's no pressure. You can see how normal kinksters can be when they're not all decked out in leather and latex. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It's very uninti- unintimidating. Yeah. 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 Um, and like every city has them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's easy, very easy to go to a munch if that's something you want to do to kind of it start is. your kinky journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you're intimidated about getting on set life. I completely understand and sympathize, especially if you're a female identifying person. Yeah. What I say is never check your fat life. If you're really that intimidated, uh, you know, make a dummy email account that you never check except to use for fat life. Yeah. And, and never respond to a message on fat life. Just yeah. use a click that you're going to the much. Um, <laughs> Cause that is, that is in 2019, the best way to find lunches. 
because um, some, somebody actually asked us that on our show, you know, how do I find a munch if I'm not in FetLife? And that was the advice we gave is, you know, there is a website called Munch Finder, um, but we don't think it's active. Yeah. Um, oh, and then there's um, a guy on our show out in L.A. who actually makes a spreadsheet weekly of every single kink event going on in L.A., but if you're not in the L.A. area. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if other people <laughs> <laughs> no that's great Other. that's great advice though for people like yeah like create a dummy account which is what i've always mm-hmm. done on facebook because it's like integral yeah. for advertising my bedpost stuff so i've got like sure. kind of a fake nothing profile just so i can have the fed the bedpost page and i use it only for bedpost right. so yeah there's you some know, I, some I, social I media more... you just have to do you know uh, unfortunately yeah uh, i tried that. i tried that for uh, Minimus Maximus. Yeah. Um, but the problem was I used my phone. No. <laughs> Why so, would you do that? Because <laughs> I didn't, you know, I'm just so used to using Facebook on my phone. Yeah. So I wound up uh, deleting the Minimus Maximus Facebook profile. <laughs> Fuck. And so, like, Dick and I are not friends on Facebook, even though we're friends in real life. Yeah. Because he has his vanilla account and then he has the Dick Wound account. Yeah. And because I have, like, family members and stuff, I don't want to friend somebody named Dick Wound. (laughs) (laughs) Why on earth not? I can't imagine a reason. (laughs) So that said, um, is it it an appropriate question to ask you, do your, like, friends and family generally know that you're kinky? Do they need to know? Do you feel it important for them to know? There was a point at which I couldn't be anonymous anywhere anymore just because of where the show had gotten. Mm-hmm. For the first year or so of the show, um, I wasn't particularly out. I wasn't particularly in. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't particularly out either. But the show got to a point where I realized I was just going to have to tell my parents and my ex-wife, mm-hmm. uh, hey, I do this podcast about BDSM weekly. And, you know, you're going to see it. You are going to. Yeah, you are going to see it. Um, you know, well, and especially because, like, you know, we go to, to uh, we, we go to, like, cons yeah. under the, the Off the Cuffs name and, you know, stuff like that. Like, it's, we actually incorporated it as a business, so I get mail addressed to Off the Cuffs. Yeah. You know, there's a point at which it was just too big, so I really had to say, this is the thing I do, and in you know, in my ex-wife's case, I don't expose my children to any of this, of course. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for me, it's yeah. like you know that line of like they knew they know I do something. They don't know exact. Right. They don't need to know exactly all the shit I get up to, right. but in general, they're like, okay, she's kind of in the sex education world. I'm like, great, right. you can think that. That's perfect. Yes. My mother <laughs> has a hard time calling me a sex educator, mostly because I don't have a degree in human sexuality. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Nor do I. But, like, she understands better than my dad that my show is about sexuality, mm-hmm. not sex. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad literally thinks all I do is come in here and, and talk to porn stars every week, which because I have talked to porn stars on this show. Yeah. On my show. Yeah. So he thinks this is all I do and he keeps asking for phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh daddy. Alright. Yeah. Um so I think it's about time that we should take a little bit of a break just um okay. for my sponsors to get a word in edgewise. Um, but, uh, I'd love to, um, come back for a second half with you, Max. Um, perhaps we would talk about, uh, start with talking about your podcast that I am such an enormous fan of. (laughs) So bye everyone. We'll be back in a sec. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. 
Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Provocateur Images is the official boudoir photography studio of BedPost. To receive 10% off your next studio session, use the coupon code BEDPOST. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T. For more information and to see the gorgeous shots that are possible at this studio, check out provocateurimages.ca or follow them at provocateur underscore images on Instagram. Welcome back to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Pym, and I'm here with my lovely, lovely guest via Skype uh, from New York, Minimus Maximus. Hi, Max. Hello. Hello, hello. hello. You had your smoke. You calmed your nerves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start, let's start in the second half with talking a little bit about off the cuffs. Um, okay. I'm a huge fan. I'm sure I came Thank across... You. Uh, you're very welcome. Um, Thank you for all your fabulous content. Um, I'm sure I came across it, like, probably through Kate Sloan uh, at the Dildorks, of the Dildorks fame. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, And I, yeah, I've just been an avid listener ever since. Can you kind of tell me what was the impetus behind you and Dick creating Off the Cuffs? Yeah, um, we had been... I'm going to get the story right. (laughs) Get it right, because I've already told it on this podcast. (laughs) There was a there was a, a couple of years ago there was a, a period of a, a couple of months where I had been listening to a lot of podcasts just driving and at work and whatever. Um, I've been listening to like movie podcasts and comedy podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I just because Dick and I are friends not just in a kink capacity. You know, uh, we have a lot of the same interests, so I was thinking we could do, like, a movie or a music one or something, so I just texted him one day, we should start a podcast. And I had no idea he was actually thinking about doing a kink one. Nice. Um, So you just, like, jumped right in on his idea. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And he had been thinking, apparently, uh, of either me or frequent guest of our show, Chris Intel, as his co-host. So he got the text from me and said, okay, that's... The, the person that's going to co-host with me because he has to. Um, and when we when we first started doing it, um, we had looked at um, a lot of kink podcasts, and we didn't know about a lot of the ones we love now. Like we didn't, I don't think the Delta Dorks had started yet. You mm-hmm. hadn't started yet, mm-hmm. and so we kept finding ones that were either like really kind of dry and technical, yeah, or. Prodoms looking for advertising, which <laughs> nothing wrong with that. We just wanted another voice out there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what what we said is, we'll, we'll just bring some of our friends in, and you know, we'll just talk to them about their different kinks, and um, you know. Uh, and then a couple of years, document... couple of years later, you have Margaret Show on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and part of it too was Dick was very new to the community. Yeah. at the time okay. and so uh that was part of it was that we'd be documenting by by bringing in our friends and just sitting down and having conversations about kink with them we'd be kind of documenting dick's uh journey into kink and if you listen to those early episodes there's a lot of oh we went to that party last night and we saw you do this scene mm-hmm. um yeah but just 
as time went on and we started getting more and more feedback, there was a lot more, like I was talking about before, we're getting the feedback of, oh, uh, my partner and I went to a munch because of you. Yeah, that's I awesome. Exploring, yeah, I started exploring this kink and we started going, okay, we need to reach out farther than your you know, friends. Our, right, our friends. And yeah. So um, that's how we started booking, like, um, I think we started uh, with a lot of cam girls. Yeah. You know, specifically cam girls that did fetish work. Some authors asked us if they wanted to come on, and they just kind of, you know, went from there. And like you said, two years later, yeah, three years later at this point, yeah. <clears throat> almost, yeah. almost three years later, Margaret Cho Amazing. <laughs> wanted to do our podcast. What was that so, like, interviewing her? That was pretty amazing. What's amazing about anytime we do somebody like Margaret Cho or when we talk to Kevin Allison a couple of years ago or um, our, our first kind of big name guest was David Farrier from uh, yeah. Movie Tickled, the director of the Movie Tickled. Yeah. We always notice, oh, these are people that talk for a living. Oh, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're really good at disseminating the information that they want to get out there through us and still making it sound free and natural. Yeah. And, Nicely um, done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, What's the episode you get the most like feedback on? That's interesting. Yeah. Because the one episode, the most downloaded episode is one we got almost no feedback on. Interesting. And. That guest is actually coming back to, uh, tonight after we're done. We're going to do our show. It's going to be his second appearance. Cool. Uh, that's the episode about scat and filth play. Oh, I love that episode. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that is our most download, downloaded episode by, I think, almost twice more than... It's it's double our normal yeah, listenership for most episodes. Right. Double yeah. our normal listenership for most episodes. Yeah. Isn't that it interesting? Is... Like, I, I just uh, got some information from... Um, Headmistress Shahirzad, who uh, is uh, like from the my place of employment, the Ritual Chamber, and she said um, just like the search results on the website, you know, where you could see the stats of what people are looking at and what people are interested in. She's like the ABDL nursery is yeah. like by far like ten times more uh, searched out than any other part of the dungeon or any other inquiry on anything. It's ABDL. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if you you have a reason why why that might be like your scat episode or like you know people doing like diaper play like why do you think those would be the most like researched and most inquired about? I think it's because when we talk about kink, we don't usually talk about those kinks. Yeah, and I'm not saying that everybody has them. I'm not saying everybody has a, a fetish for it, but I think it's a, a People know about it, mm -hmm. and it's just not a thing people talk about a lot. You hear it in negotiations, well, you can't poop on me. Yes. You know, yeah, it's, it's always, always in, in the uh, taboos. Like, what, what right. don't you want to do? It's always exactly. like, well, scat, yeah. Exactly. So I think, I, I don't know if, if there are necessarily more people with that fetish than not, but I think there is definitely a curiosity of why is this interesting you yeah. know, why does somebody want to be shit on? Why does somebody want to wear diapers? Yeah. Um, you know, we get a lot of feedback on those episodes, actually, on, like, the the age play, littles, yeah. adult baby episodes. We do get a lot of, uh, we've had a few. Um, we had a, a pro mommy on, uh, Nanny Grace. Um, nice. And then we, we've also had, um, you know, somebody who's a diaper lover, not an adult baby, um, you know, to the, the other side of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so many different ways. Yeah, we've we've had a few on, on different forms of age play, and we get a lot of a lot of feedback on those actually, because that's a, that's another one where that is talked about in the BDSM community, but mm -hmm. you have to be in the BDSM community to talk about it. Yeah, like uh, like yeah, like um, daddy girls calling guys daddy. It's like right. you know the most common thing in the kink world, but the first thing somebody from outside is going to think that it's like incest and it's like right. well it's like you know possibly incest play or like right. but it's more about the authority figure and it's about so much right. more so so much more right. than like nobody is actually incestuous doing anything right. incestuous 
Nor are they fantasizing about it in many, many uh, situations. Like most of the people probably are not in any way actually having an incest fantasy. It's more about like the power dynamic and uh, all the other good shit. Actually, I I do have incest fantasies. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) tell me about it. It's it's not it's not about the actual family member of mine. No. I don't I don't fantasize about my actual mother. Yeah. It's more like you said about power dynamics. Yeah. And that's another one that we're learning is much more common than anybody wants to admit. All you have to do is go to any porn tube site, Pornhub, or, you know, whatever, any one of those. Mm-hmm. And pay for just, porn, Max. Pay for porn. Yes. You son of a bitch. I do pay for porn. <laughs> Good for you. I, okay, because, yes, I am going to. I do pay for porn. And if I'm going to Pornhub, I'm looking at verified clips. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Um, but if you go to any one of those sites and just type in daddy or Mm -hmm. mommy, thousands of results and they're growing every day. It's the newest trend in porn. Yeah. Um, the newest and oldest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What was the most popular selling VHS was taboo. Um, (laughs) so it's there. It, you know, a, a lot of people do have the incest fantasy, it's, they're not, I, I don't think it's actually fantasizing about the real person, the real daughter or mother or brother or whatever. I think it's really about how do we sexualize that dynamic. Yes. You know, and right, the turn on, I think, is the more, the, the taboo of it, the, oh, this is wrong, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we talk about that all the time on our show. Yeah. yeah. Anything wrong, I'm into. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> <laughs> and and we've talked about a lot of that stuff on our show you know um uh, my co-host has snuff fantasies i have incest fantasies <laughs> we yeah. talked about race play yeah um, that's a know. that's a dubious one ethically mm-hmm. yeah it's all dubious oh, yeah. ethically Oh, absolutely you know yeah. and that's what that what that's why we're drawn to it mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Impact play is dubious ethically which? Impact play. Impact play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Def- yeah. Definitely. It's all dubious ethically. <laughs> I mean, That's the whole fucking point of it. Exactly. It's just how can you do it safely and or for, for a given definition of safe. Yeah, we have problems with the SSC model over here. But <laughs> ah, I see. But consensually, at the very least. Consensually, consent. yes. Consent. There, there's one of our mini episodes that we're, we get into... 10 or 15 minutes on the rack versus prick debate, which uh, I'm not going to bore anybody with. (laughs) Um, Do you think that doing the podcast, hosting the podcast for so long now has like, has it enhanced your actual kind of experience with your own sexuality, with your own kink kind of uh, practice? Do you think it's helped, hindered, you know, all of the above? Um, I think it's definitely helped. Um, because there's a lot of times we'll have somebody come on and they'll they'll talk about a fetish they have and um, I'll think or you know in just in the conversation with them I'll I'll say now that's something I'd like to explore I'm going to try that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I'm sure you get a lot of ideas oh yeah <laughs> absolutely and I think also just in a, in a practical sense it's made me much better at uh, negotiating and asking for uh, what I want. Yeah. And need, and even for uh, my own sense of, of kink identity, like the, at the beginning of our conversation, uh, we were talking about how um, I still do identify as submissive, um, but I'm more able to talk about, oh, yeah, I know I'll top occasionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, or things like, you know, like a, uh, we were also talking about how I'm, a, I'm more of an emotional player. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll admit to liking a beating occasionally, except when Dick doles it out. But, <laughs> with his tiny hand, yeah. With the tiny hand. <laughs> yeah, um, tiny hand is... I actually um, read an interesting blog post of yours talking about why why and when you do enjoy pain. Because I think we're, right. we're kind of similar uh, as bottoms is that I don't identify as a masochist. 
Um, but just about every other thing going on in the scene, say it's a spanking scene or something, is very hot to me. Except, yeah, we talked about that when you were on my show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, so that's true for you, that you wouldn't, you know, identify as a pain slut, right. but but there's just so much else happening that's so delicious. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's about the power dynamic. It's about being told to take it, you know. Yes. And we've, we've talked to a lot. I think um, Kate from the Dildorks talks yeah. about that a lot. It's not necessarily about the pain, but it's, you know, it's about being told girl afterwards. Right? Yes. Um, yeah. Because um, do you feel like when you're done a scene, say where you have uh, been on the receiving end of a beating, how do you feel? Oh, yeah. It's amazing to know that you got through it. <laughs> yeah. So like accomplishment? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 And, you know, also there's, you know, there's like subspace and the endorphin rush, you know, the adrenaline rush where, you know, you just kind of, at least for me, I just kind of sink into it. Um, do you go into subspace pretty easily or often or, uh, it depends on the scene. Um, because I'm not a pain slut, like you said, yeah. uh, with just a straight impact scene, it's hard for me to go into subspace easily because the pain keeps taking me out of it. Yeah. Um, but for humiliation scenes, yeah, I do go pretty easily. Interesting. Yeah. I, I recently attended a workshop uh, by Headmistress Shahir Zad about altered states, about top space cool. and, and uh, subspace. It's very, very interesting. Uh, next time we do that article, I'm going to tell everybody, the, or pardon me, do that uh, workshop. I'm going to tell everybody about it because like I, I went, um, and I'm a pro-dom, and I went with um, a newish subby person who has just kind of started, you know, on their kinky journey and um, another person that was a very experienced lifestyle dom. And we all took something uh, very important away from that workshop. Like, yeah, yeah. it's very, yeah. yeah. We talked to somebody on our show recently who talked about the first time he went to a pin party. Yeah. Um, he was so frenzied. And so like anybody that was doing something was going, yeah, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. And at the end of the night they had to tell him, okay, you have to crash here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You're in no shape to drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sub sub frenzy. That's a real thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you think um, you did you go through a bit of a frenzy at some point? I did, but it's so funny because it's not not when I initially joined the scene. Mm-hmm. But I think when I re-entered yeah, I, I kind think of went through yeah, yeah, a frenzy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was more about, uh, for me, it was more about uh, different, not so much different activities, but different people I could play with. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes, because right now, are you are you a single poly? Are you? What's your your relationship oh, setup? How that's would you? Tough. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. you I are was, owned, right? I Officially. I yeah. Am, I am not currently owned. Not currently um, owned. You're on the market. I, yeah, that that dynamic ended about a month ago. Okay. Um, but we're still partnered. Okay. Um, we still play, and we're still sexually partners. Um, but um, and I'm gonna have to get her permission, obviously, for you to put this on the show. Yeah. Um, which I'll text you um yeah i can crop it out no problem but, if, okay. if not all right um but i am no longer owned and collared mm-hmm. um so that dynamic has shifted mm-hmm. um and i don't know we've been talking a lot about it lately a lot of it is just it's um so it's so intense and it's so much work uh to be in a dynamic like that. So a 24 um, seven dynamic we're talking yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we're, we don't live together because I'm not her primary. Um, you know, she is Polly and you know, uh, she's married. So yeah. I was her Paul, her primary DS relationship, but not her primary romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. That 24 seven, you know, it's a lot of work on both partners yeah and yeah no i think that's one of the things is just we just kind of 
when, you know, neither of us are really putting the work in we used to. Um, <laughs> so this has to, this has to change. Um, yeah. Yeah. So do you think that's like sustainable 24 seven DS dynamics or MS dynamics? I, I think it's sustainable. Yeah. But I think there comes a, a point. I don't know if it's sustainable if both partners are not the primary partner of the other person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I talked to um, um, Melina Williams Haas about it. She, uh, she's, yeah, she's in a 24 seven MS, I believe. Oh yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, they're each other's primaries and they, right. they just had a lovely, lovely dynamic, lovely relationship. Um, mm-hmm. very inspiring actually. Um, oh, yeah, they're wonderful. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. are lovely people. But yeah, uh, I just was wondering to get your, your opinion on it. Yeah. I, th- I think it is sustainable. Um, but I think everybody has to put the work in. Yeah. You know, and right. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yes. So yes. Okay. So we're kind of starting to wrap up. I wanted to ask okay. you just a, just a couple of things at the end uh, sure. to kind of create some bookends uh, for okay. a little podcast. Um, I was wondering if there was something that you would want people who are not in the kink community to know about kinky people. What would that be? Um, we're actually fairly normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, kink is an expression of sexuality, and everybody has an expression of sexuality, even if you are ace. Yes. Um, that is your expression of sexuality, and that's perfectly valid as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not counting out ace people. Yeah. Um, and ace is on a spectrum as well. <laughs> ace is on a spectrum as well. Yeah. I know ace people that have and enjoy sex. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that we are normal and, um, quote unquote normal. uh, Yeah. Quote unquote normal. Right. Yeah. Um, that our, uh, you know, our expressions of sexuality are are just as valid as anybody else's. Yeah. Yeah. And for the podcast for off the cuffs, Mm -hmm. do you have an episode you would point people to if they're a new listener and they want to kind of get a good idea of what you guys are about? What we're about, um, that's a tough one. I point people to 101, but yeah. we're not on that. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> and I love it when people tell me that's my favorite episode, because my response is always, so you like the one without those two guys on it. <laughs> um, we're, Sick we're burn. Two minutes in the beginning, just introducing the concept. But that's that's the one I point to for people that don't know King. Great. Uh, because that's uh, our friend uh, Jack doing his intro to BDSM in general and the lifestyle in general. That's episode number 101 because it is his BDSM 101. Nice. Um, um, uh, as for one that we're actually on and that's more kind of uh, a relevant um, feeling as to what our show is kind of all about. Yeah. There's a recent one that we did that I liked. Ugh, I'm not going to know the episode number. What was um, it about? Who was the guest? Yeah. No, his name is escaping. Definitely New Hampshire. What was his name? Oh, Living Curious? Yeah, our episode was Living Curious. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's kind of a good example of who we are and what we're, we're about. He's uh, He had some interesting kinks. He's into chastity, uh, diaper play, but it's, it's more... Um, that's, that's one where we really kind of just explore his kinks and, and talk about, uh, one of the reasons I really like it is because we talk a lot about, um, his own coming to terms with how kinky he is and how you can have fucked up fantasies and that doesn't mean you're a bad person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. No. But there is, you bad, filthy boy. Are you able to give uh, the listeners all the links and stuff for people that can either follow you on FetLife or uh, mm-hmm. subscribe to your pod, all that stuff? It's episode 142. 142. Oh, thinking, great. Uh, Thanks, Dick. All the ducks in a row. All, all the ducks in a row, yeah. which I don't remember what that's a reference to. The ducks are dicks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
was about checking your dick in the mirror before leaving. Right, the that's right. <laughs> checking into a whole thing. Checking the pants full if, of if your listeners are not familiar with our podcast, uh, what we essentially do is we have long-form conversations, so we'll go off on tangents sometimes, <laughs> and we go about ten minutes on adjusting your crotch before you leave the house. <laughs> you know, people with penises that want to make sure it looks good. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I believe yeah. it was, I said, uh, you got to make sure all your ducks are in right. Right. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. Um, Perfect. Okay. All right. But you can find uh, our podcast at Off the Cuffs. We're on all the major podcast um, abilities. Our website is offthecuffs.org. And <laughs> I like how you looked at me questioningly. Um, or? And Org. Yes. <laughs> we used to be u- .us, but yeah. now we're .org. Um, and uh, we stream through the website as well as um, all the regular uh, podcast pod- podcast apps or players. We also and uh, the Twitter for the podcast is OCP Kink, and we're on FetLife at Off the Cuffs. And then if you want to follow me individually on FetLife, <laughs> Minimus underscore Maximus. This is how Dick does on. Uh-huh. Links every week. Uh, <laughs> underscore Maximus on FetLife and Minimus Maxim without the us on Twitter. <laughs> well done. <laughs> very weird hearing you do that. <laughs> Individually. You said it like Individually. <laughs> I recognized it. It sounded familiar. Yeah. I'm so used to hearing it twice every week because I hear him say it and then I listen to the episode. So. <laughs> Thank you so much, Max, for us oh, taking the time to speak with me. I'm so happy we finally did this. Thank you for having me. Yes, me too. And thank you, Dick, for being a weird creeper throughout this yeah. entire episode. I, I love that there's like a few episodes of your show now that I'm just kind of chilling out. <laughs> yeah, I know. With, uh, with Gerza also, and I'm kind of sitting there being a fucking asshole. <laughs> I think I was making him laugh or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Okay. So thank you so much. I hope everyone uh, checks out your podcast. It's absolutely amazing. Again, it is my favorite kink podcast. So if you you need uh, a a better testimonial than that, then I don't know what to do with you folks. (laughs) Um, The shit I have to tell you about, if you are in Toronto um, and you want to see a Bedpost stage show live, we're the third Friday of every month at eight at the Social Capital Theater. Uh, If you're listening to us on a podcasting app, a rating and reviewing goes a really long way. On Instagram, I'm the Bedpost Show. On Facebook, I'm Bedpost Erotica. And we're on bedpost.ca as well. If you want to email me, thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. And if you want to check out my uh, Dom persona social media, um, I am theladypim1 on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, then you will be hearing original music by Stephanie Copeland. And you can follow her at stephcopelandmusic.com. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!
So if you are in Toronto and want to check out the Bedpost Stage Show, we are the third Friday of every month at 8 p.m. at the Social Capital Theatre. Uh, if you are listening to us on a podcast app, a rating and review goes a really long way for me and my business. If you want to follow me uh, on Instagram, I'm the Bedpost Show. Uh, if you want to follow my Dom accounts, my Pro Dom accounts, I'm the Lady Pim One on Twitter, and I'm the Lady Pim One on Instagram. Uh, our Bedpost Facebook actually is still there. I reported on the uh, podcast previous that it was deleted. They fucking put it back up, so we are still up on Facebook at Bedpost Erotica. Um, if you are listening to us via the Sonar Network, that is my podcasting network. Fantastic other podcasts that you should most definitely go check out. And last but not least, we're, uh, our email is thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. And even laster but not leaster, uh, you can find uh, Stephanie Copeland, uh, who had, does all my original music, um, is at stephcopelandmusic.com. <laughs> So thank you so much for everyone um, that's listening today. We will see you next Sunday. Bye.